thank you for listening to yet another episode of Real and Raw. And today with us we have Rachel Walker. Hello, Rachel. How are you doing today? Hi, Branka. I'm great, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing well as well. I'm ready for hibernation as <laughs> Christmas yeah. period is coming up. So <laughs> I must admit, somebody I had a call this morning at nine. And they cancelled two minutes before. And I was like, yes! Because <laughs> I'm just at that point of the year where getting up is hard. Once I'm going, not too bad, but sluggish. sluggish. Yeah, sluggish is... <laughs> yeah, I feel that's the word of the month as well for me. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to kind of just like start easing in. I have one more real and raw next week. And then we are off uh, until after the new year. So I'm... Really looking forward to eat, like uh, slowing down and then stopping actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, I know. I guess we're here to talk more about relationships today, but it's interesting because on the topic of expectations, I used to get quite depressed this time of year, and I always thought it was like seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there's an extent of that, but once I shifted my expectations and just said to myself, "You do less this time of year." I started feeling a lot better because it was the internal like judgment that made me really feel really rubbish. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, that's been a learning curve. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And okay. So what was your kind of overall learning curve with expectations and right, like rather um, how did you end up doing what you're doing now, which is helping others manage and learn and talk about freely about expectations in the relationships? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess I'll try and give you the sort of postage stamp version because I'll be, <laughs> I'll tell you my life story. But I guess the, seeing as we're in a real, real and raw conversation, I'll give you the full unfiltered version, which is um, 2018. I was, I just bought a flat with my boyfriend. We've been together for six years and, um, I I'm still am, but I was very into like self-help, self-development. I was always like onto the next thing. How can I be better? How can I be bigger? How can I do it X, Y, Z? And at the time I, um, I actually got really close to somebody and ended up having feelings for someone else. And I went into this whole like spiral of just like, Whoa, what the hell is wrong with me? Like I thought I had this vision for my life. I thought this was the right person. There's nothing wrong in my relationship. Well, at first I was in a potent state of denial because um, that's, yeah, it's easy. It's amazing how much your mind can trick you to just pretend there isn't a problem. Mm. But yeah, so when I confronted that, um, I went to see a therapist and that was kind of like the big shift for me, which was realizing, I mean, there's loads of things and I won't kind of reel them all off now, but realizing a lot about myself, perfectionism, what I expected of myself, the rules that I'd created for what I thought I needed to like do within a relationship to optimize its success as if it was like a project plan. Um, Not wanting to confront like negative emotions. So fear of failure was a massive thing. So that was kind of like, yeah, the big, the big shift. And then as, as time went on and I kind of worked through all of that, I did, you know, the classic thing a lot of people do, which is like, oh my God, I feel so passionate about this now. I want to help other people mm-hmm. work work through this same kind of uh, doubt and insecurity and self-judgment and um, things like that. Yeah. 
Wow, like, you literally got me like on my feet in the time of the story. Oh, yeah, I can only yeah. imagine how kind of how not necessarily. I mean, it was difficult, but just like how um, in it and on it it was for you back at the time because I know how it feels like almost like your. It feels like at least for so. When I was when I when I encountered a similar situation, just like in a different context in a different setting, I felt mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I have lived my entire life wrong. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's like that's a huge thing, kind of to carry with yourself because, like, it feels like, oh, for the I don't know, like ten or fifteen or twenty or twenty-five, thirty years, I have been mm-hmm. doing everything I was doing completely completely wrong than what I was meant to be doing and I'm kind of putting this in <laughs> um, uh, these because like as we all right or as I'm now kind of figuring out and finding out and learning is there's no kind of general right and wrong mm-hmm. there is what is what feels right and wrong to you and your values and how you mm-hmm. communicate with someone else so yeah, I, I'm I'm certain there's something with our preconceptions of what is normal in a relationship that has a lot of a lot to do with uh, the expectations that we have for ourselves and e- equally, if not more, for our partners. Yes, yeah, completely, and I think um, it's really it's it's hard to almost like forgive yourself or allow yourself grace for the fact that yourself a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago didn't know any different. Like I, even now, sometimes I have to be like, I didn't have like hindsight is a fine thing. Right. And so you kind of have to go, I did what I did with the information that I had at the time or the world of you that I had at the time. And I think what's interesting about relationships is like how, they evolve over time and the things that we learn from each one. And I think when we're growing up, they're quite, we kind of learn that they're quite transactional. So, you know, you're kind to somebody, you're kind in return. Somebody invites you to their birthday party, you invite them in return. And you kind of learn that there's like these rules, but then you get to adulthood and you discover that like things kind of don't really work like that because for one, people don't always reciprocate in the way you want them to. And for two, there's kind of something about like unconditional love where you should be doing it out of love and kindness for a person, not in the expectation that you'll get something in return. So it's a really weird like space to navigate and realign on what do I actually want and expect and what should I from myself and from the other person, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've never thought about it that way but I think you're spot on with that kind of transition where we are kind of almost left to our own devices because we mm-hmm. haven't been prepared for it <laughs> and think of, thinking about it now as you were saying it I think that's definitely a key thing for why kind of many people get lost in their relationships uh, when they reach adulthood um, when I look at my context of friends, let's say all of them had really thriving relationships in high school, but they are struggling to find a partner or kind of keep a 
partner um, now because I think right. they're kind of stuck in that space of what, but he didn't do something for me or she did that and I expected otherwise. And I was like, but you, I'm, I'm trying not to get too, um, to, to, to in their love life. Um, yeah. Yeah. And kind of offer advice when I'm not asked <laughs> to offer advice. But at times when I am, I'm always trying to kind of tell them that we, and that's something that I've learned. That's why I can tell them now in hindsight that we just yeah. can't expect other people, whether that's our family or our partners, to uh, behave exactly as us. Because everyone mm -hmm. has learned something different throughout their life and has different experiences. So if I go, yeah. like, if I expect the same types of behaviors from my friends or from my partner, I, I, it, I feel it's almost selfish of me to do that because they possibly can't keep up with those expectations. Yeah. Yeah, and almost expecting, like, the world from one person. Yeah. You know, like, we can't get everything from one person. And I don't think that's talked about a lot. I think, you know, I'm, and I'm a sucker for a romantic movie. I love it. You know, I love all of that. But, like, it's always very much like they are your world, aren't they? And it's like yeah. this big moment. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting what you say about, like, friends and not wanting to give advice necessarily because that was a big part of why I do this work in like a coaching context is because something I found really hard when I was in that place of doubt was whoever you speak to as exactly as you said has a different experience and view and they will if you're feeling insecure or unsure you will be thrown from one side to the other and you can always find an opinion that supports or like refutes yeah. where you're at yeah and sometimes people will say to me like oh Rachel you work with people around relationships like you're the ex you're the relationship expert tell me the answer to this and I'm like I'm not I'm absolutely not I my expertise is helping you to understand what you want yeah because that in my opinion that's what people need more than anything because there's so much noise out there that's confusing and then we end up kind of jumping on the next thing we think we should be doing yeah and never really find that within ourselves yep oh 100 percent. and i think that's like i'm not a certified coach or anything but my approach to kind of even if i'm asked for advice i always respond in questions <laughs> because i don't want to kind of give you the answer necessarily my opinion i just kind of help lead them to break down their thoughts because i can often see how they are stuck in a Kind of in the same loop of questions and thinking and yeah. then I try to kind of find a question that enables them to kind of break out of that cycle and go like ah okay and then it's much easier to continue thinking once you're kind of out of that out of that loop yes you're a wise friend <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> but I also think that's why these kind of conversations are so good because when I first started doing coaching and I was conscious to not give an opinion or, you know, impress my kind of view or anything like that, I was also really aware that something that people need and want is to feel like it's normal. Yeah. And 
I think having these conversations or hearing other people's stories at least lets you go, oh, okay. It kind of helps you make sense of your own situation yeah. by hearing other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. And that's uh, that's one of the key reasons why unsetting expectations exists. And when I decided to um, kind of scale it, whereas it's not only about the topics that I'm. Not, not, not knowledgeable but experienced at such as perfectionism mm. and burnout and uh, mental health in general with high mm. expectations i was like i want to invite as many guests uh as possible for them to talk about what they have experienced because i want to be normalizing like across the panel all of these topics that we feel are not normal where in reality they are so yeah yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I feel like okay, so um I have a question. Um let's say that um okay, so I'm trying to construct a question in my head because I haven't done it before. So mm -hmm. I have a kind of a, a repeated situation for me and I think for a couple of my best friends who are in a relationship now, um, and the context is this, we are all kind of, um, yeah, really almost like junkies on self-development and, um, and we are working on ourselves, but what we find ourselves in every so often is for like weeks and months, our relationships are almost perfect. But then it reaches a point where you feel it, where every, just like that one day, the shit goes down. And it's like, you, mm -hmm. you don't see it coming necessarily, because up until that moment, everything was really, really good. And what I have tried of kind of tried to piece together is, I feel like there, that's a, that's a, a space and a time in the relationship with myself and in the relationship me plus someone else where mm -hmm. it's like i feel like i'm i'm breaking out of the comfort zone that i was in that moment by that time and then everything that was kind of perfect in that nice cloud <laughs> of comfort now mm -hmm. now is a storm and I'm and I'm curious whether you, your clients have had similar experiences or you kind of know better what is happening actually behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Interesting, yeah. And is it is it that you feel like the 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 comfort space creates this storm within your relationship or within yourself or both? I think that it it almost feels like um, it starts from it starts within myself and then it's it's really kind of subliminal in a way that i don't necessarily it's not necessarily something that i talk about um or that i'm doing but rather so, so let's say my partner can feel like oh she's growing in a new way and then subliminally like he can get uh, doubts whether oh but will will he now be good for me because i'm i'm now a step a step ahead and then that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Just, like, creates a veil of fear and doubt and like nothing 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 happened uh in reality or like um 
physically nothing happened but just like yeah. we wake up one day and everything feels different yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it because i think like growth is such a like personal growth feels kind of exposing mm. and i i think i had a similar feeling over the last few years where i was doing like quite a lot of intense stuff with my coach training that makes you like think about your own life mm-hmm. and um you can end up feeling i think a bit worried that what will this mean like will it mean i might outgrow somebody you know and your partner might also be thinking hang on like they might outgrow me like it is yeah i i do relate to that feeling and i think it's it's hard because to an extent that's life right like we whether it's well you know life changes and and people grow i think the difference in this situation with like self help is like you're choosing to grow mm. and so there's an insecurity there about that choice i think for sometimes for partners because they're like hang on am i not enough already or and and often it's not about them right it's about ourselves yeah. Yeah. but i yeah i understand that kind of doubt that it can it can throw up to make you kind of go like whoa what's the this is this is disrupting the status quo yeah um, and it's interesting because actually my ex-boyfriend used to say to me i think self-help like he was anti-self-help really and he used to say to me like i don't think it's any good for like any good for you and i'd be like oh my god you're ta- what are you talking about you're so miserable but actually i think i think on reflection now i look at that and i go oh it wasn't great for me because i was looking at at it through the lens of everything that i needed to be better at and and all the ways i wasn't good enough mm-hmm. whereas now i have a healthier relationship with self help i don't think it's a problem but it was something in the relationship that was a bit of a i remember having that very real fear and i think he did too that like i might outgrow you or like i'm going to wander lost off somewhere and actually to be fair that is kind of what i did but um it's it's hard it's complicated isn't it it's mm. it's yeah it's life in some respects and i guess the question is like do you to continue to feel that safety in relationship do you want to stifle those parts of yourself or do you want to let those parts roam free and then just keep the communication with your with your partner about like how you both feel about that i guess mm. yeah and then those are very also vulnerable conversations to have i don't i don't i don't know of many examples in my real life where people talk about these things um yeah it's usually very very like um oh how do you say like on the top layer um like we don't go often very deep down and talk about what ha- like what, even like what has move that's what has changed that what has deeply impacted us um for for a lot of people i feel like we still kind of hide or keep wary of opening ourselves to other people because then opening ourselves means oh now they can hurt me and yeah if 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 i give them the chance they will and kind of um I myself coming from a very uh traumatic childhood I had this problem with that throughout my younger years but then I was just mm-hmm. like 
I, I remember kind of saying to myself, I, I can't live my life this way. <laughs> and yeah. the other person doesn't deserve it as well because I keep applying my own kind of my own baggage to them and be like, this is yours to carry now because I can't. Uh-huh. And at, I remember just like at one point I said, like, fuck it, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I will, I will learn to be open and vulnerable to the extent that I am capable in every moment. So like, it's like in every moment I'm giving 100% of myself to the other person. Yeah. Not because I expect something of them or the same 100% of them towards me, but because that's the best way that I can work and function in any given relationship. It's the same with my friends. It's the same with my family. And I feel like I had, yeah, I myself had a lot of expectations around what a relationship should look like and what I was, even worse, what I was taught it looked like. So yeah. let's say for me, I'm like my family, if, if I just look at my mother and father's relationship, that was deeply dysfunctional. It was very abusive. I cannot continue growing up believing that that behavior is normal because mm -hmm. for me it was i grew up in that family and that kind of behavior was deemed normal to me when i see yeah. like when i see a father laughing with uh, his daughter that feels very weird for me because that's something i have never experienced so mm -hmm. i needed to do a lot of unsetting and setting expectations of Okay, what does normal look for me, but that it's yes. not abusive, that it's not you know, like it's not unhealthy because I can't keep kind of carrying all of these things. So I think how we are how we are raised and how we are later conditioned by society and the media as well, um, mm -hmm. of what a, a relationship looks like is something that almost powers um what our own image of a relationship instead of it coming from in, in inside of us yeah yeah completely and i love that because i think like for you to recognize that the influence of like the relationships that you've had in the past and with family and stuff is one thing and then to be able to go okay now it's my responsibility to like unset those expectations yeah. to move forward it's such a great thing um and it's really interesting. I had like a similar thing where I, so my parents are divorced and it's one of those things where like, I don't really think about it as a big deal. Like it happened when I was seven and um, just life. Like I don't think I've had any particular hardship in my life, but obviously it's a frame. It sets the frame of reference for how you see relationships. Right. And so actually when I went to therapy about my relationship doubt, the, one of the things that was kind of involved in it all was I expect all relationships to fail. That is just an expectation that I have. And I think I should like work on that. But then what was really interesting, we, we didn't touch on it too much in terms of the, the family stuff um, in therapy because I was quite focused on like the present situation. But what happened a bit later, it was actually when I started, because um, when I started my business it was originally a blog it was called closet perfectionist 
and it was about expectations kind of most more generally mm-hmm. now when I decided to pivot more into relationships it was quite confronting because it was a personal situation and I was like no I'm ready now to talk a bit more but I had this moment with um my like mentor coach who was trying this like tool with me where you step into like different perspectives to like challenge a belief and I said the belief that I have is that I expect all relationships to fail and we were talking through it all and like getting different perspectives and she said can I share an observation with you I was like yes and she was like I don't hear that you expect all relationships to fail I hear that you expect it is your sole responsibility to make relationships work and I was like oh Honestly, uh, uh. Um, wow. and she was right because all the rules and like perfectionism I had created to myself was trying to safeguard against a relationship ending. But why? Like, what? Actually, why? So that's been a huge thing for me is to get to a place where I kind of feel like some last, some don't. We have certain control over it. We also have no control over it. Like, it's very it's letting go of the fact that uncertainty is uncomfortable Mm. and just learning to kind of be a bit more present in relationships. Uh, I I literally got chills in my entire body. (laughs) (laughs) Where she says it and I'm like, (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I, Oh wow, that that was that was a moment. That <laughs> was a moment. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, those things, like, I guess it's like anything in life. It translates across your whole life. Yeah. I like that in work. I like. It's, I always think it's my responsibility, you know, to fix it or work it or do it or whatever. So it's um. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond. It is a lot to carry, and then a lot to realize what you have been carrying, and. Yeah, for me, that the most important step is always realizing, but why? Like, what was it? What was it for? <laughs> yeah. And then you have to get over the anger almost because when you realize actually for no good reason, you're like, for fuck's sake! <laughs> oh, it's all about <laughs> I, I have that stage like every two weeks because I'm like, oh, like are like are you insane? Like because when I look at what. Uh, but when I realize all of the things I unnecessarily have put on my shoulders, it's like, why? <laughs> again yeah. and again, why? <laughs> uh, but yeah. another thought that I got from what you just shared now is is how that it's actually normal for us to experiment with relationships. But then again, mm. that's something that's not really valued in society for women. Like even mm-hmm. if, even if you just like look at Taylor Swift and her younger age, like I think the media was cutting her open with how often yeah. she was uh, ha- having new boyfriends, and then it was yeah. like that. Uh, like you're feeding, you're, you're being fed an image that it's not okay to break up with mm-hmm. someone every so often. And that's mm-hmm. what in reality we should like if it sucks we should be we we should stick with what sucks because it's yeah. not you know like not social not socially um uh, approved to do otherwise and yeah now in retrospect like I was angry then I'm angry now 
<laughs> yeah, it really is, isn't it? When I think back to like, you know, when you think like, oh, I don't think there's been much sort of like sexism or, you know, women treated in like really shit ways in my life. And then you get to an age where you think about like the things I used to see on magazine covers. At, well, we still see, but, you know, when you were in an impressionable like teenage years and the example you gave of Taylor Swift, I never used to think when I was a teenager, I never thought that was weird. And now I'm like, what? what? Like the press? Yeah, absolutely tearing her apart for, for, you know, going through different relationships. And it's such bullshit, isn't it? It's just like the expect. Well, that's the other thing, which is the completely un, un what's the word? Like unachie- unattainable expectations because they're completely contradictory. It's like, find a man, get married, but don't find too many of them but you know be sexy but don't be too sexy like it's just such rubbish yeah i mean you got to sort of make sense of that for yourself haven't you because it's um yeah it's a minefield it is because like at the same time um i i always hate when it comes to numbers like how how many boyfriend partners you had, how many partners you had intimate relationship with, how many partners, like all of, all of the how many, or like when you're in a relationship, how many times a week do you have sex? Like, or do you even have like all of, right. all of these how many are mind boggling for me because I'm like, there's not a, like a generally accepted number for how many that's, that can work like it's not a formula for fuck's sake like every relationship is different and every individual is different because like even now and i when i look in retrospect each of my relationships that i had whether they were long term or short term i have learned something about myself from them like completely yeah like some were really nice some were really horrible and toxic but that's like I have always learned something and I have now I'm kind of a smarter person or like a more experienced person because of, because of those. Mm-hmm. And for me kind of to be expected, yeah, to like, Oh, I finished, I'm graduating uni. Now I should be getting engaged, getting married and having a kid. I was like, mm, but that yeah. does, doesn't like, it doesn't align with my values. I appreciate that yeah. it lines with your values, but that's not like you can't impose those on me right Mm -hmm. yeah completely and i think um people like not only like the numbers but then people like to sort of throw their two cents in about what amount of time you have to have been some with someone for it to be like an acceptable level of like being upset or like how old you were Mm. so i had quite a few like two three month relationships when i was 14 15 And numerous people have said to me, like, oh, I don't know why you count those in your boyfriend count. Like, you're a teenager. And I'm like, for one, you are not me, so you don't know how I feel. For two, those were some of my most significant learnings about how to navigate relationships. Mm. They were all a stepping stone in me being able to, like, like at first being a total pushover and taking, like, shit, you know, and not sticking up for myself and then learning and stuff. And I just think, like, I have a real thing about um you know teenagers now growing up and having relationships and people like belittling it as if it's not significant oh they're young they're young they don't know what love is 
And it's like, yeah, I'm sure they've got a lot to learn as we all have, but the fee- there's a feeling there and there's a lot to take from it. So don't yeah. un- underestimate that. Oh, 100%. And I so relate with that. Um, I've never had, I don't remember ever having a conversation around it, but that's something that I will definitely do on my next coffee, whether someone counts their teenage, <laughs> um, <laughs> the teenage partners into count. Because yeah, you're so right, and I can I can say the same. Those those um, yeah, pretty much short term now. When I'm looking at long term, it's my seven year relationship. Then those were short term relationships. <laughs> then um, yeah, they were like kind of stepping stones, and where you're because almost like for that's that's when for the first time ever you are experiencing a relationship that doesn't involve you and your family but still involves love in a very mm. private manner like with friends it's a bit different you love them but it's not like it's not the necessarily the same amount of love and affection and passion that you feel for someone and yeah. that means that like when we are 13 14 15 18 whatever the age is like that's when for the first time ever we are almost um yeah trying to define what is our role and where do we stand in this mm. entirely new type of relationship, right? Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And for someone else to, to dismiss it, I also think like it's, I, I, I dislike dismissal in general and I dislike yeah. dismissal in situations like these because yeah, people don't give it as much as, as just like same value because mm. um, especially now the younger generations, they have like, like, they have a completely, I think, different way of approaching and thinking about love and relationships, much more open, I'd say, than yeah. when I was younger. So I would really like to, yeah, just like provide, like facilitate a space, like an environment where it's like, we are not dismissing that. People often shame experimenting, whether that's experimenting with different kinds of partners or being in a, like, different kinds of relationships or more relationships. Like, you, like everyone is wired in a different way. And I almost do, do of course, taking into account that it's not something um, that kind of facilitates very toxic behavior and then, then that tends to become an issue. I just want to kind of pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's really actually memorable of young people being so open and courageous to do that because mm. it takes a lot of guts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, and I think it's, it blows my mind that like, so I had a conversation with someone about ethically non-monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like the, the kind of taboo around that, both both like a structural, like legal system perspective, but also just people's opinions. And I just feel like maybe it's just me, but I just feel like why should anybody give that much of a shit about somebody else's choices? Do you know what I mean? It's like, what is it to you if somebody decides that, that their preference in whatever way shape or form it honestly blows my mind yeah. just feel like do whatever you want come on guys 
Yeah, I, I am. I am marching right next to you on that one. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, what, like, what kind of um, advice do you have for, um, if you have any, for managing, managing those kinds of conversations, right? So, I can, like, I can say that I'm. So we are now seven years almost seven years into our relationship and i'm not like neither of us is really on the train that we need to get married because that's what society society expects of us but then like there's like there's my parents and my grandparents and his parents and he like everyone expects something a marriage a child a grandchild like things like that right so how do we keep our relationship almost like safe or rather our choices our own and safe when communicating with other people yeah and that's a tough one right because i think Mm. like you're always going to have people that will have an opinion yeah um and i've definitely felt that with family who will be like oh you're not you're 29 now and i'm like I I tend to get anger as the emotion that comes up for me. I think in previous years I would have felt like, oh no, am I doing something wrong? Whereas now I'm like, how dare you judge my life choices? Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think there's a process of like getting to a place where you feel confident in yourself that like that is what you want or don't want. Um, and there's nothing. And I think yeah, feeling secure in that in yourself is like a really important step because. It's easier, I think, to withstand other people's judgment and questions if you're like, no, I know this is right for me, so you can say whatever you like. Um, And the same with being on the same page in your relationship if you've discussed it and you know that you're both on the same page. Um, And then I think it's, it's kind of having a bit of compassion for the fact that everybody has their own reference point. Mm -hmm. So they will bring to the table their own bias, right? And, and frame on the world and they won't really know any different. And it's just, I think allowing for that a little bit, it's like, look, that's, that's your thing, but it's not for us. Um, and yeah, I guess that's more about reaction than kind of how you feel about your, your choices. But yeah, I think it's making sure you feel secure in yourself and in your relationship about what you expect from each other or want or don't want. And then just being aware that other people are going to say, say stuff and ask questions. And that's, that's kind of on them. Yeah. That, that's really useful because like when I think I, I'm, I'm the same now where I was like before I was re-questioning myself. Whereas now I'm like, how dare you give me advice when I didn't ask for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think because I'm in that space at the moment and I'm trying to do the next bit, but I think the next level is is feeling neutral about it, which yeah. is like, okay, it's okay. your opinion, but I know what I want, so. Yeah. yeah. On your way. Yeah, on your, on your way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm always having this kind of um, internal battle inside of me where I don't want to keep my mouth shut because then I enable them to continue speaking uh, their opinion without me actually standing up for myself but i am not at the point to stand up for myself without getting really pissed (laughs) yes yeah i think part of it is choosing the battles that you want to fight Mm. 
when you feel like you're ready, yeah, ready to fight them in like a uh, calm and constructive manner. Yeah. Um, so, like, my and to be fair, no one in my family is particularly like like this. There's a few classic sort of questions or implications, you know, but they're not too bad. But like my grand, for example, who's nearly ninety, that's not a battle that I want to fight because she's stuck in her ways. She's me explaining why I've made a choice to not get married yet, for example, I just don't think it's worth it. Whereas other family members, like parents or things like that, I feel like you can plant a seed and have a bit more of like an adult conversation about it. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think there's a judgment as to who's worth being that honest with mm-hmm. um, and who's worth just going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like... <laughs> As we are approaching holidays, this is a very useful piece of advice for anyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I remembered the other day that but a boyfriend I had in high school, was probably 16, 17 at the time, and I used to go around at his, to his, and his dad, I remember his, I think it was his auntie or something who was married but didn't have kids. His dad used to constantly be like, when are you having kids? Come on. When are you popping some kids out? When are you going to have, blah, blah, blah. Like, on their case. And at the time, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. And now, it just makes me so angry. And I know that, I know times have changed a lot, but I just think, like, that kind of, I think children in particular, the expectation from other people particularly pisses me off because that is a, that is a very big choice. And it's a choice that some people either don't want to make or there's reasons why they can't. And I just think people should keep their noses out for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. But that's not how the world used to be, is it, right? So there's a lot of... We're, I think every generation is fighting the bullshit from the previous generation. Oh, and yeah. our, our uh, ancestors or grandchildren or people of the future will probably be thinking it of us, so... <laughs> Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the same with my grandparents, unless like unless they are so kind of if if they are bugging me so much, then what I love to do and like sorry, grandma, I know you're I, she doesn't speak English, but I still have to say sorry because I I think <laughs> I, I it's really joyful for me to do that sometimes. Like I she she gets on with her arguments on why I should have kids sooner rather than later and in general why I should instead of shouldn't and then what I tend to do if she's really in the mood I I almost I I I fuck her logic up in a way that I bring her so she starts with one argument and then I make her come to a counter argument of her argument by the end of it oh I like this this and and then, then she's like Ah, oh, you're impossible. Leave me alone. And I was like, okay, I did. I, I, I got that out of out. Then she doesn't bug me for a while because I'm trying to prove to her that all of the arguments she's saying are almost like completely irrational and don't make sense for me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the only way I can do that is to show to her, like, if she started with one point, I completely bring her around the circle, and she finishes with the counter argument of what she was saying in the first place. And then she's she, like, how do you do that? Anyway? <laughs> I'm fighting against myself. Right. <laughs> um, uh, because that technically, that's that's what it is, right? Usually, um, they're not necessarily fighting against us. I feel like they are fighting against 
themselves and what they have been taught and learned. Completely. Yeah. So, Completely. And it, it's almost, sometimes it almost feels like I had to suffer, so you need to. In a way, like, yeah. how dare you make your own choices and do whatever you want? Because look, look at all of the shits that I had to go through and you need to go to at least some of them. Yes. The one that, the one that me and my brand have disagreed on is like, I don't understand why women are always hiring cleaners. Why, why, are, why are you not cleaning your own home or like so-and-so has a child and drops them off um, really early in the morning to go to breakfast club at school. I don't understand why they're not feeding their own children. And I, I do have to bite my tongue because I'm like, mm. I know that's just your reference on the world, but please <laughs> get yeah. updated. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's so true. Um, I mean, like, um, maybe, maybe a year ago, I also, like, I love to clean. Uh, cleaning and organizing, it clears my brain, but I am very mm. clinical about cleaning. And mm -hmm. when I have a busy period at work or a busy period uh, with uni, I can't afford myself the time to keep my house clinically clean all the time because I like that's just not my priority. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like a year ago or maybe a bit less where I got a cleaner that comes every two weeks and helps me you know, do uh, like a general cleaning. Most... Uh, most often than not, I usually clean with her because I love to clean. But like mm -hmm. she literally saves me on times when I can't or like when I'm literally not spending any time in the house because yeah. that's when I come home to a nice and clean space when where I don't have like that silent to-do list or oh, the dishes are waiting for you or you haven't cleaned the toilet in forever. And yeah. like, that just like takes off so much pressure from me. And I feel like, yeah, being like, I'm, I, I don't feel like I am a lesser, lesser a woman or lesser a wife slash partner because of it or lesser a like home owner, home habitant, whatever it is. Just like, yes, that, that only goes to the point that I made sure to keep my home clean, even though I can't like, but I, so I'm, I, it must be, I'm earning enough money to be able to afford that someone else comes and help helps me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. kind of all of these things around, yeah, cleaning yeah. or feeding, like, feeding children or even like, I, I think it was last Monday or maybe, two, I think it was last Monday. I had a day completely for myself. So it was like, I had, I went to psychotherapy then for a massage, then I went to hairdressers to color my hair, and then oh. then, then I went on a, a dinner with a friend, and then I had a manicure. And, Amazing. Yeah, and my nan called me that when, when I was on uh, having dinner, and her main comment was, oh, you left your partner all alone this entire day? <laughs> No way! <laughs> I was like, yeah, he can he can handle it. But what is he doing? I don't know. Like, when the car, I don't like. I don't care. But will you be yeah. coming home now? No, I, I I will be out for like another three or four hours. Oh, but who will make him dinner? <laughs> and it was like for me, it was a very comical conversation because like it yeah. like it's it felt like my partner cannot live and function without me, which is very <laughs> unhealthy. 
and like it just goes on to prove kind of the the types of relationships that my grandparents have uh, probably everyone in in their generations like you live to serve another man yeah. that lives in your house yeah. yeah and now i am not living to serve my man who lives in the house it's like oh what how dare you like how can you do that and i just think that being able to yeah have a day of like have a day for yourself and not feel guilty about it is something yes. every woman should strive for in a relationship <laughs> definitely and it seems so foreign to us to us now i think that 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 like that would seem weird to your grand right it's like wow that's how people used to live their lives yeah um and i think there's another thing with that when you were talking about like getting help with cleaning and stuff is like being really honest with ourselves about what do I have bandwidth for and what am I just not good at and just being fine with that like I think before I realized how high my expectations of myself were I was always like oh I need to be better at baking because I'm not very good at that or like I just need to be cleaner all of these things and now I'm just like I don't like baking I don't like anything with a level of like surgical precision <laughs> i'm too chaotic for that and that's you know what and that's fine so i will just buy a cake yeah or like yeah with the cleaning and stuff i um i actually really enjoy doing it but i'm lazy so i struggle to get into the routine of it and i just accept that now and it's quite freeing to just recognize what we're good at and what we're not and the same in our relationships right like our, our partner can do other things that their strengths are yeah we don't need to walk around pretending like we've got all of our shit together because it's just not real yeah oh yeah that's 100 percent true um it's like mm-hmm. i hate i hate doing the um i hate feeding sheets on the bed <laughs> like it sounds oh, so yeah. random I, I i hate it from the bottom of my soul but my partner loves doing that <laughs> But he doesn't like cleaning the windows, so I will clean the windows because I love cleaning glass. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, exactly. we just yeah, we just kind of figuring out who is who has yeah, not not only the bandwidth but strength in certain areas. And sometimes if we can be let's say cooking, we are both passionate for cooking. And in mm-hmm. the beginning I was I I embrace chaos in my own life as well. So my cooking in general is never following a recipe and doing it like very robotic and machinery it's like yeah i i think i take a look around the house and be like okay so what do i have in the house and what can i make with it <laughs> and it can mm-hmm. be something completely completely random uh whereas my, when my partner started cooking he was very meticulous followed everything to the t every recipe like if it was like three and a 3.25 grams and it was 3.25 grams and not like three not 324 nor 326 325 <laughs> whereas uh throughout our relationship and us living together when he saw me being what seems like chaotic but is actually kind of creative in the kitchen he also kind of loosened up and started he started embracing his yeah his feelings that he knows what that he knows on his own, oh, I don't know, uh, feta cheese will go nicely with this, even though it's not in the recipe. But uh-huh. kind of looking, me being playful and creative in the kitchen enabled him or kind of made him safe to be uh, to be the same. 
and yeah. I'm I'm just trying to think how it will be really nice to uh, kind of apply that in every facet of the relationship because instead of being um, almost like when so in another in the same scenario but another context he could be how could you do that you have no idea what you are doing blah 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 like he yeah. yeah he can completely kind of dismiss my way of doing things and mm-hmm. be like oh but that's wrong because you're not following the recipe but uh actually what happens is what i've described earlier which is like he like it, it is weird for him but he sees me and he at the end of the day he eats the food and sees that it's tasty <laughs> sometimes it's yeah. not. Like, i do have a higher uh, failure ratio than his because I take lots of more risk. <laughs> but yeah. the meals that I make are like extraordinarily creative and very tasty. Three mm-hmm. out of five times or four out of five. And then the one out of five is like, oh my God, let's, let, this just like, I I wouldn't give this to a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it just sometimes happens. And I learned to embrace it. And it's, it was really um, interesting for me to see how he embraced it as well. But I think we need to adopt that kind of, I don't know even how to name that feeling. Like, Is it a sort of like, hmm, like freedom of like, go with the flow sort of spirit? Yeah, it almost, it almost like for me, it is go with the flow and let's see what happens. But then for the other person, I so they need to have enough trust in me that, I won't fuck it up just because it's something different that they haven't seen necessarily before. Because I think when someone, when, when, so when we experience, when when we see someone doing something that we have never seen before, that's really unconventional, then we think, Mm -hmm. oh my God, look at what they are doing. They're going to fuck something up because just statistically looking, they have never seen that approach before. So naturally, the first thing that will rise up is like, that's 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 completely wrong. And mm-hmm. I think it takes a certain amount of trust and maturity to be like, I trust them with, with what they are doing, because in, mm-hmm. instead of uh, instead of comparing the, that approach with uh, the rest of the society, they are like, okay, so in uh, in this context, my partner can be okay. Franca is doing unconventional shit every fucking day. So <laughs> if I compare how she's preparing dinner now based on how she's, you know, how she does everything in her life, then I mm. can find the trust to put in her because I know she won't fuck it up or like the chances are really slim. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of letting go of that control, I think, isn't it? In the yes. way that it's yeah, we know how to do things. And I think you confront that a lot when you live with someone and you realize the little things that you both have and the things that you do and you kind of have to choose which are the things that like, no, I will continue to do this my way. Yeah. And which are the things that you're like, actually, or, oh, actually, you do it better than me, so I'll give that a go. But yeah, it's interesting what that kind of throws up. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, so you've you've nitpicked it nicely. It is losing, uh, letting go of control. And uh, that's something that I remember I was afraid the most. Uh, 
because having lived an almost like very unstable, uncertain life, I like being in control or rather at least thinking that I have things under control um, because that's what made me safe. I thought that if I let go, then everything will come down crumbling. Um, And being in control all of the time, especially in a relationship where there's like almost double the effort because you're not only keeping control of yourself, but you're also trying to keep the other person and their behaviors under control, which is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and also unattainable and selfish. Um, it's it becomes really overwhelming. And then with times, like as I say, like I'm I really appreciate order and cleanliness. And um, I like sometimes I can get irritated over oh look like where did he leave leave his socks again? How many times have I blah 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 blah? I'm like, it just takes me like three fucking seconds to pick them up and put them <laughs> instead yeah. of I'm trying to kind of um, rewire myself in a way that for for things that are literally take f- less than five seconds for me and that um, instead of feeling resentful and getting angry and like in inputting drama into my relationship, I'll be like, it just takes me of like less than five seconds to do this and then if it yeah. repeats or if it boggles or if it bothers me for a while then i won't uh react that same time like at, at that moment where i'm like oh fuck, like, when i'm full of anger yeah. i'll be like okay. yeah. yeah but i'll be like okay yeah. so when we are both like um very when we both ate so that we don't so that we're not hangry <laughs> um and <laughs> i'm like listen babe uh, this this really bothers me can you please blah 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 and i'm like kind of continually learning to not yeah not self-impose resentment and drama into my relationship if i don't mm-hmm. necessarily need to and that's that a lot of it comes from letting go of control yeah and expectations exactly yeah and i think that's probably one of the biggest things you know we were saying earlier about um people losing themselves in their relationships and i think quite often people do that because they're trying to hold on to a sense of controlling either like the outcome or the perception of themselves as likable or you know similar things or not controversial and i and also with vulnerability like i remember um when i first got with my my boyfriend now, we, there are a few things, you know, at the start of a relationship where like you're trying to get a a feel for each other's expectations and what you're happy with or not. And there was a couple of times where I didn't say something when I wanted to. And he said to me, and then, but then what happens is you stew on it, don't you? And then it comes out. And he said to me, like, you just need to tell me, like, it's fine. I'm just, I'm trying to gauge it. And I remember saying like, if I ask for what I want, it opens up the opportunity for me to be disappointed. And I hate that feeling. Mm. And that's that loss of control because you don't want to feel vulnerable and insecure and yeah, risk disappointment. But then you also miss out on all the joy, don't you? If you don't let go of that tightly held sort of self-protection. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but those kinds of things even just saying them out loud you mm. it releases you from them to an extent right yes yeah 100 percent. i was mm. so when you mentioned 
um, when you just like started talking about losing yourself in a relationship, I, w- I, w- I was thinking of following up with a question, how to navigate when you know what you stand for in a relationship, but then that, that often uh, can pose um, a, a, not necessarily a problem, but rather, rather like a, a fear from the mm. other person, because if we know what we stand for, then like it's really it can be sometimes overwhelming or and overpowering for the other person if they don't know what they stand for um in mm. a way um uh, but then like as you continued to to um speak about it i was like um but it is actually the same thing in a way like i if i know what i want um and I, if I'm very firm at it, it also means that I will be very, like, almost like in the army, uh, expecting things that are like, if I if I tell you my list, then I expect every single one to be checked by the end of the, I don't know, day, week, month, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that dynamic, like, even though you say, now I don't do that. But it is the most general experience of other people uh, in a way. So even though I don't do that, my partner is almost like conditioned to be like, oh, but I need to fulfill every single requirement in order for her to be happy, right? Right, yes. It's the, Again, it's like that checklist of like control or like safeguarding against the future or things like that yeah oh yeah, yeah. and it it, re- it reminded me of when we just started uh when me and my partner started dating i'm really by that point i was really already really relaxed and chill like when i say it's okay i truly 100 percent mean it's okay like i'm not being passive aggressive <laughs> i'm not holding anything up but for him that was kind of hard to um accept because probably his experience by that point was opposite um, to when when someone would say, I'm okay. It was like, I'm okay. Like very, uh, very unhealthy, I'm okay. And I I remember having to constantly reassure him that like, no, for real, it's like everything's fine. It's still like, I don't have a problem with this because mm-hmm. um, I was, um, I was already, at that point where I already, I knew my values, I knew what I want, I knew what I don't want, for the most part. Like, I'm still ex- I'm still figuring out some things, but, like, I'd say for, like, 80% of my core values, I'm, I'm certain of. Yeah. And it just comes across as very uh, weird uh, to other people because it feels mm-hmm. like, generally, the majority of the people, majority of the people are either lost or kind of putting masks on in their relationships so they seem different than what they are whereas like i am like i'm an open book with you now and with every other my um um, relationship type is like you can ask me everything and i like i don't have like nothing stops me from saying anything um that you Mm -hmm. ask me of and then that's really Mm -hmm. different kind of a relationship to be in because before you had to literally kind of 
figure out what the other person was thinking and then yeah. what they wanted to say or what they meant to say. And like, it was a lot of those dualities and subconscious, like, oh, you need to know what I wanted you to do. It's like, no, I, I will tell you what I need you to do. <laughs> if I need a hug, yeah. I'll say, like, I need a hug. I won't be like winking or something and expecting you to pick up on the wink and be like, oh, she needs a hug. Like, no, <laughs> I'm very literal. <laughs> Well, yeah, and if we don't, if we're not explicit, then we just end up making up stories in our heads on what we think the other person wants. That's definitely what I did in my last relationship. I have all these stories about what I thought his expectations of me were, and I think probably none of it's true, but I didn't know otherwise. So it was just like this whole reality in my head. Um, but I think what's what's tricky, like when you were explaining then about being quite sure of yourself and having expectations is... I think there could be a bit of a misconception that it's like you go into a relationship and go, these are the things that I expect because now I know what my expectations are. You will do this, 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 and this. Um, and I do struggle a little bit with some of the Instagram, like, you know, know your worth, say what you want, ask for it, don't be afraid. Because it, I think it loses a little bit of the fact that it is a two-way street mm. and... I think knowing what your expectations are is much more about being able to communicate them and have a conversation about them yeah. than like laying down the law. Yeah. In my experience of like helping people with this, I tend to find that the kinds of people that I work with are, it's not like they completely overestimate what they expect. They just struggle to feel confident in themselves. That like it's okay to want X, Y, Z and it's okay to tell other people or, you know, like to, to shake off things like marriage or wanting kids and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then they just want to be able to like sit in the vulnerability of saying them out loud. Yeah. That's kind of a, a big part of it. Mm. Yeah. It's, I think um, that is kind of brought up by, us not discussing openly as much basically all of the things that we spend the last 16 minutes discussing yeah uh, because yeah it, it makes you feel weird because like if you're not seeing examples of it uh often outside then like it makes you doubt that something's wrong in what in the way that you are thinking about it and it goes like yeah and, and that kind of that that shows up in a lot of different areas as well like if like um female owners of creative small businesses like in croatia it's two percent so if i like if i want to do a small creative business like i i, I have such a small pool of examples of people who are doing it and yeah. because of that like i you immediately get a picture and uh, a nudge that Maybe it's not safe to do that. Maybe it's wrong to do that because not not fifty plus percent of people are doing that. Um, yeah, and I just feel like instead of it always, I feel like it always comes down to instead of looking kind of looking outwards and searching for external cues and numbers to compare yourself with. I think we just like mm -hmm. kind of need to kind of shut those doors and look inwards and be like, yeah. okay, I 
I, I need to figure out what my own principles are and trust that if I stick with my principles and my values, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, completely. <laughs> and I think um, just like talking about cheating for me has been a big, a big kind of shift in terms of being secure in my own expectations mm-hmm. because I wrote like my parents split up because of an affair and I've always had this really uncomfortable tension, which is I don't fundamentally believe that people can be together forever and no I, I guess I fundamentally believe or understand that as human beings we have like sexual urges that I don't think monogamy accommodates mm-hmm. and I have this frame of reference but I also have this frame of reference because it's all I've ever known from tv from my own family from people which is cheating is bad it is wrong it is a destroyer of a relationship you must leave you must respect yourself and I couldn't marry these two things up because I was like how can I almost expect cheating to kind of be a bit inevitable but at the same time it'd be like the worst possible thing that could happen Mm. and actually through like doing the work that I do I've read a few books about it I've come to this place now where I feel like it's not inevitable, but like I understand the, the like biological reasons why people stray, as well as the like emotional reasons why people stray. Mm-hmm. It's not inevitable, but for me personally, it's not a deal breaker anymore. And me and my partner have had discussions about like, you know, emotional cheating versus sexual cheating, and like how would we feel about that, and what and things like that. And I do choose monogamy because I think that's the lifestyle I want to lead and it's important to me to have one other person that I share my life with yeah but it's also understanding that humans are completely flawed and sometimes do stupid things or whatever and so for me personally it's not a deal breaker but now I've come to that conclusion I feel so much better about my relationships because it was this cloud hanging over me that was like oh my god if it happens then the, the world ends yeah and now I'm just like you know what life is so much more complicated and I mean complicated is probably the best word to describe it it's so much more complicated than bad and good mm, yeah yeah it, so uh, yeah yeah it's uh, what I always try and um, um saying these examples like it's not it's like it's not zero and one it's like it's not an integer it's a, it's a decimal so it's like from zero to from yeah from zero zero point zero one and then all the way to zero point nine nine and like there's so much nuance in between yeah that we can't just rely it's going to be either a zero or a one because like there's yeah. so much complexities and things happening in between that we need to kind of not, not with i don't i don't yeah and I, i'm guessing you don't prepare yourself for cheating but it's like you accept it as yeah. the possibility that maybe it can happen someday and you know that yeah. we are just as you said like we are completely flawed <laughs> and yeah. i think because of that we need to give ourselves grace and other people grace as well yeah and part of that is loss of control like if i accept not that it's inevitable but like there's a possibility just as us breaking up is a possibility you know, like you, you realize that you can't put in all of these things to like reduce the chance that cheating might happen or minimize the opportunity for him to not love me anymore. Like it's just not, it's not a formula. 
it's and we and I think we we're kind of taught or we you know for our own self-protection feel like we just want that fix and that answer to know that like this person will love us forever um or we will love them forever we want a guarantee yeah because that's yeah. safe yeah but there are no guarantees yeah and I think if, if people can get more comfortable with that then it it frees you up to feel like you can be more of yourself because you almost don't have anything to lose by being yourself that 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 one that hits home and i think it's a <laughs> it's a wonderful way to conclude our conversation and i've i love that we touched upon so many different topics and areas yeah. of expectations in relationships and even touched upon cheating which even what's surprising for me like i i almost forgot that's a part of relationships <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, there's cheating as well. Like that, that's something I I completely forgot. But I think that only goes um, to show how safe I feel with my own partner because my my parents also had not one but like multiple <laughs> affairs. Um, so mm -hmm. for me to co completely forget that that's also a part of a relationship uh, by mm -hmm. this point, it's like ah, oh, I don't I don't feel it. Yeah. I don't feel that cloud over me. Not because necessarily yeah. I'm not, it's not that I'm ignoring it, but I think I've kind of almost unconsciously, um, with, because of those experiences earlier, I was like, that's something that had happened. I can't do anything about it. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not in my control. So I yeah. don't want to stress about it either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted to mention it, I guess, because when you were talking about having these conversations, I think cheating is something in particular that people don't like. It, it probably took me a little bit to, to be able to admit and say, actually, I don't think it's a deal breaker for me because so many people are like, what? How could you think that? Like, that's not, you know, it's the end of the world. But for various reasons, I don't. And I think, yeah, if we we need to talk about these things and then other people can make their own judgment about whether it is or not and that's completely up to you to decide what your boundaries are oh yeah and so yeah well uh on the back of this i encourage everyone you listening to this episode on the podcast to think about is is it a deal breaker for you and even more importantly to discuss it with your partners um who knows what might come up uh else else from that conversation because when when you start to be vulnerable it's like it's almost it's almost like a pandora's box right because you've you you, you weren't for so long um and then once you start discussing all of these issues i think and one comes after the other very very easily usually yeah okay thank you so much thank rachel you. thank you been lovely to chat to you it likewise and where can people find you let us know so I'm courageouslyyou.co.uk online, uh, Courageously You Coaching on Instagram, and um, I have a podcast called Is It Normal, which if you just search in like Spotify or Google, you'll find it, Is It Normal? Um, and I actually have a couple of episodes about where I chatted with three of my friends about what our deal breakers are in relationships. So there's various things there about basically like how do you make sense of your normal in your relationships? Awesome. I know what I'm listening to this weekend then. <laughs> Thank you so Brilliant. much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a lovely day. You too. Chat soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.